0: Before you appreciate the reading, Micah. This morning, I'd like to begin a series, and the title of that series is a a song that you guys are very familiar with. Maybe. There we go. Trust and Obey. Y'all ever heard that song before? It's a pretty good one, isn't it? But before we get to that, I want us to consider. What Micah just read, Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. David was captured by the Philistines. And in the midst of a terrible and unsure moment, what does David say? Where does David focus his mind when trouble is all around him? David says, whenever I'm afraid... I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? David, in this psalm, and he says it again later on in verse 10 and 11, he says basically the same thing. In verse 11, he ends it with, What can man do to me? But What does David do in the midst of fear? What does David do in the midst of being afraid? He attacks those things with his trust in the Lord. When we think about the word trust, you know, my mind goes to this song. I was drawn to this song, Trust and Obey. And the lyrics are so powerful. Just listen to verses 1 and 2. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh or a tear can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. What about that? Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that something that uplifts your soul just to think about trusting and obeying the Lord? See, trusting in the Lord and trusting in his path that's set before us in reality is not always the easiest thing to do, is it, brethren? Trusting and obeying is not something that we're always great at doing. Psalm 42, brings this thought out. Look at what the psalmist says. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted? I love that Hebrew word. It means, why are you in an uproar on the inside within me? Hope in God, he says. For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. This psalmist understood that there's times when his soul is cast down, when he has this uproar with inside of him. But where does he turn his focus quickly? He turns his focus quickly to his hope in God because God is the one who can help with his countenance. God is the one who can help get everything back under control. Would you say that that's true in our lives? When things get out of control, when things become as if we can't control them, if we do it the right way, where do we run, brethren? We run to the Lord, don't we? And what happens? The storm quiets. You remember the illustration? It's been a while since I preached it and we talked about it, I think, last week in our Matthew class. Isn't it true that Jesus in the boat is a whole lot better Amen. Jesus in your boat is a whole lot better than Jesus outside of the boat. Even a sleeping Jesus is better in the boat. Jesus, you can do whatever you want, right? As long as you're in the boat. Eat, sleep, drink, look to the side, whatever you need to do. But as long as you're in the boat, I'm all right. Trust. See, if we're going to live a life that brings glory to the name of our creator, if we're going to affect people on the outside of this building the way that we're supposed to, if we're going to be that true light that shines out into the darkness, if we're going to be that city set on a hill, our trust in the Lord and what he tells us to do must be at the forefront of our mind. I saw this quote from Martin Luther King Jr., and I thought it was an interesting one. He said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'd like for you to consider that verse for a minute. Did you hear what it said? It said, it's impossible to please God if you don't have faith, if you don't have belief in Him. And and here's this thought that, that the Hebrew writer brings out. It says that you believe that He is God, the Almighty, and that you believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now, brethren, would you say that this is true in your life, that you believe without a doubt that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him? Knowing, knowing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him should be a driving force in our lives. See, because I trust him. Here's a question. When we hear these types of scriptures, when we hear these types of motivational thoughts that come from the Word of God, what do they do for us? Do we gain trust in them? Do we become concrete in our understanding that I'm not going to turn any other way? I'm going to turn only to the Almighty? Or do we not hide them in our hearts? Take, for instance, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, a great scripture. Paul says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, brethren, when you hear this, friends, when you hear this verse, is this not an encouraging thought? Amen. Isn't this not something that makes you feel like you're important? My God, Paul says, will supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, what wonderful truth that is. God can supply all of our needs. But when a small, not even a big situation comes up, doubt, despair set in. I saw something yesterday that was very discouraging. It hurt. It made me angry. It definitely was a blow to the stomach. You ever had the wind knocked out of you? Remember how it felt when you got the wind knocked out of you and you couldn't catch your breath? But one thing that I got told yesterday by the ones who were affected the most that encourages me is in the midst of a tough situation that I can see, that I can see developing, that I can see continuing, the statement that I was told Was I know that the Lord will provide. See, if we don't trust in the Lord, it changes the way we think. See, if we don't trust in the Lord, it changes the way we live. See, if we don't trust in the Lord, it changes the way we serve as Christians. If you don't think so, check your trust. See what you're doing for the kingdom. Because my God shall supply all your needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm confident in. How about us, brethren? See, that's what moves us. That's what motivates us. That's what proves this difference between any other God. Romans said it in class today, and it's so true. Jesus said this, I am the way. There's not many other ways. Jesus makes a declaration and changes religion at the core. He says, I am the only way. That's our God. That's who we serve. Do we trust Him? See, if I trust Him, it changes me. It changes the way I think. It changes the way I live. And it changes the way that I move and have my being. And when we abandon our trust, when we set our trust over here and we leave it, When trials come, because they're going to come, it causes us to stop growing spiritually. And we start making decisions based on what we think is best and not what God thinks is best. Trust in the Lord means when life hits, I run to the Lord, not away from Him. I want to begin uh, a series of lessons on characters in the Bible who show us exactly what trusting and obeying looks like. The first one this morning that I'd like for us to dive in to think about is Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. How about that? Not your right arm. Not right now. (laughs) If you would, turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And brethren, I hope that you hear this. I hope that this one hits you where it needs to hit you so you can think about just how important and how much God loves you and wants you to trust him. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. The Bible says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham and Sarah, they never had a, chi- a child together because Sarah's womb was dead. She couldn't produce, she was not able to have a child. God comes to them and He says, you're going to have a child. You remember I preached about this. It's been a while, but what did they do? There was some comedy in that, wasn't it? Really? Seriously? I mean, I'm old. But you're going to have a child, and you guys know this story. Abraham and Sarah, maybe at the beginning of this, had some doubts, but after a while, Abraham began to become confident in the Word of God. And so Paul says that he was not weak in faith. But rather, and here's the key, and here's the thrust of the lesson, and here's the encouragement for all of us to consider, he staggered not. Verse 20 says, he did not waver. The Greek word means to stagger. You ever seen somebody staggering around, right? The Bible says that a human being like us, he did not waver. He did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. When we think about our lives and we think about the promises, let's just take having the right attitude. Let's just take the understanding that the tongue is a fire. And just a little bit of it can cause a big old huge forest fire, right? We believe that truth, don't we? Why do we speak blasphemy? Why do we speak hateful to each other? Why do we gossip? Why do we do the things that we know aren't pleasing to the Lord? Do we trust Him? Do we understand the truth that he's trying to speak to us? See, Abraham, even though it was a, a ridiculous thought, even though it was an outrageous consideration that I'm going to have a child, Sarah's womb's not producing. It's not going to be able to have a child. But God said, Oh, yeah, you're going to have a child. The Bible tells us that he did not waver at the promise. But he was strong in faith. Now, notice the last phrase of the verse. It says, He did not waver, verse 20, at the promises of God, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. What glorified God in Abraham's life was that Abraham believed in him. You want to know a church that changes the world? A church that believes in Jesus Christ. Amen? Or is it a church that just checks the box? Is that what it is? I'm pleading with you this morning, brethren. The world is changing fast. America is going down the tube. And you know what's going to save it? Jesus Christ. That's it. Only a government official that pledges to only serve Christ and everything that he does will change this nation. That's it. But, brethren, you know what we can do? I remember a group of people that lived in a government that if you didn't confess Caesar as Lord, you were killed. And you know what happened in that time? The church moved, people were changed. Abraham was not wavered in his faith. Abraham was not staggered in his belief in who God was. And because of that, his actions and the way that he handled things were different. God, if you say it, I believe it. God, if you tell me to do it, I trust it. And see, with that mind, with that understanding... God gets the glory and I grow spiritually closer to Him. See, it exalts His Word. It makes it absolute truth. It causes us to grow spiritually closer to Him in the midst of whatever we got going on. You see, the most, uh, most of us, honestly, we have to face this uh, situation. We have to deal with this because sometimes we're weak in this area aren't we but Abraham a man which should encourage us and I'll say it again he didn't waver he didn't stagger at the promise of God now you may say now really is that true here's what my response back to you is on that the Bible said it was true and we know that the Bible doesn't lie amen So a human being did not stagger in his faith. And who are we still talking about to this day? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you, Father Abraham. Somebody's faith wasn't staggered somebody's faith was unwavering. What if we had 5 people in this congregation with unwavering faith? You think we could change this neighborhood? What if we had 10? What if we had 15? What if we had 20 people who were unwavering? What effect could we have have on somebody's life? Amen. Let's be excited to be a child of God. Let's understand that what he's doing and who he is is a real thing, not just some fake wood God that somebody carved. We're talking about the Almighty from everlasting to everlasting. Now, it came to the place where Isaac was a young man And God said to him, all right, Abraham, I gave you your son, which you thought was ridiculous. And then I gave you a promise that that son, through his seed, all nations would be blessed. And he would uh, have a nation that was great. But now I want you to take him up on a mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. (laughs) What would your first response to God be? Seriously? But what does Abraham do? He just took off with Isaac, strapped on him a bundle of sticks, and off they went up the mountain. And what does he tell Isaac? The Lord will provide the lamb. He laid him on the altar and he tied him down. He took out the knife and he was ready to do what he had been told. (laughs) You know that place... In Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, the place where that took place was called the Lord will provide. Because you know what happened that day as Abraham got ready to do the unthinkable, as he never flinched, he never stopped until he heard the angel of the Lord say, hey, and he heard a ram in the thicket. And he knew God had provided a way out. But you want to know what's even more interesting, and what's more gives us more detail into this story is Hebrews chapter eleven. Look at what the Bible says in talking about Abraham in this moment. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding. Abraham, the whole time in his mind, even though he was commanded to do this, he concluded, he knew in his heart, he trusted God enough to know that he was able to raise him up. If I kill Isaac, he's going to raise him up. Because I know that the promise has to come through him and he ain't had no kids yet. Now is that trust, brethren? Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is a human being able to do this. And if Abraham can do it, as great of a man as he was, I can do it too. I can do it. See, I want to be unwavering in my faith. I want to have full trust in what God says is true and what's going to happen. But what what goes on in our lives? These distractions come in our face, don't we? I heard it this morning. Satan tries to throw something right into your face to obscure your view from the Almighty. Don't let him do it. You know what you need to do? Get some Windex, spray it, and clean your window back off. Clean your window back off and keep your eyes focused where it needs to be focused at and watch out. Now, I'm giving you a warning If you want to serve God with an unwavering heart, I'm going to go ahead and give you a warning. Your life's going to be different. Things are going to change. There's going to be an excitement in you that you've never known before. But if not, just keep checking the box. The point of the story is this. Abraham was willing to go the full route. He was absolutely confident that if God said to do something, you do it. You never stagger because God will provide. See, I love somebody who's got my back. See, I can do anything if I know somebody's standing right there with me. How about you? Man, the confidence that I got. You know, this is a sad illustration, but it's a true one. I remember in school, I remember these gangs would fight each other. And you could see uh, when one-on-one fights would take place, that would be one thing. But when one got into a fight and this group came with him, the confidence that this man had on his face was something of intimidation. I'm going to tell you what, you want Satan to flee from you? Be unwavering in your faith because your king that you serve scares demons. What do you have to do with me? Is it the time, son of God, you remember? See, the God that you serve, the one that, 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 that takes care of you is something to be reckoned with. But he wants you and he loves you and he cares for you. See, if we are to grow spiritually, if the Word says it, we do it. Life is hard, and it was very hard for Abraham at times as he dealt with the situations in his life, but he became not weak in his faith, and and neither should we. in our lives do we do that do we glorify god by our trust in him in what he says especially when the storms hit you know we live in a tough time but when we live in a state of faith we grow The Bible says that we walk by sight, right? Oh, no, no, no. We we walk by faith, not by sight. And that, again, is a picture of Christian progress. What do you say about your life? Do you have a life of faith? Do you have a life that trusts God? Believe in Him. Believe in everything that He says. Brethren, hold tight to every promise that He said because He will fulfill it. And walk by a faith that trusts in Him. An unstaggering, an unwavering faith. He will never leave you or forsake you. Now, that Trust is the progress of spiritual maturity. Amen? I used this verse a couple weeks ago, and I love it. I love it. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Hebrew word right there is the everlasting, never-fading God. God. In that God, the God that we serve is everlasting strength. I hope that your trust is where it's at. Next week, we're going to look at Noah. I don't know if you've ever dealt with a situation like Noah, but he had a pretty hard (laughs) gopher wood. Go find you some. How about that, brother? If you can find some gopher wood, please just bring it to me. I like to look at that stuff. Go for wood and you can make it with your own plank. How You can cut the wood down and make your own planks and build your boat. Appreciate it, Noah. Trust in the Lord, brethren, forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Thank you, visitors, for being here. I hope that you come back. I hope that you'll make this a part of your life. Thank you for... Being here, brethren, what an encouragement you are to me and to my family. I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate your prayers and the way that you look after me and take care of me. Maybe you're here today, though, and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. We can pray with you. Let's let's help you get things right. But maybe you're here today, and you have not rendered obedience to the gospel. I beg you and I plead with you as though Christ were pleading through me as a representative of the kingdom of God, be reconciled to him, be added to his family, and have your sins washed away. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Why don't you come today and be immersed in water for the remission of your sins as we stand and sing. I love it.